Where we're talking about Prince Harry and his comments from the other day, uh, wanting a ban on the popular video game Fortnite, stating that it was, quote, created to addict. So video games, can they be addictive? Let's welcome in Michael Jacobus. He is the executive director of Reset Summer Camp, and he joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Michael, good afternoon, and appreciate your time on this Friday. Hi, Jeff. My pleasure. Uh, just first off, uh, can you tell us a bit about uh, Reset Summer Camp, what exactly uh, you folks do there? Yeah, no problem. Um, Reset Summer Camp is a four-week therapeutic summer camp program for uh, kids suffering from technology, excessive screen time, social media, and gaming addiction. All right, so obviously you've seen uh, some of this or a lot of this uh, firsthand. Uh, you believe in what uh, Prince Harry is uh, well, kind of preaching here, that uh, Fortnite and other video games uh, can be addictive. Um, can be, uh, I think, is the key term there. And yes, I absolutely do agree. Um, when I talk to parents about um, their addiction concerns with their children, I always ask them to tell me about their child because some kids can seem to handle a, a good balance and, and most seem to not be able to. Yeah, how do you know when uh, this is out of balance? Because I think, uh, you know, with video games, a lot of people think that this is a brave new frontier, if you will, a, a new sport that it's, you know, based on hand-eye coordination. And there's even some scholarships by some schools being uh, offered, we hear now, Michael. And uh, is there a difference between, uh, you know, a video game and uh, hockey? I mean, could you say that, uh, you know, your son or daughter is uh, addicted to hockey? You wouldn't hear that a lot. You would just hear that they're really committed, I think. True. Um, and the rise of esports is uh, a big concern, especially to those of us in the summer camp community and uh, the education community. But um, when it comes to at what point does it become a problem, because I hear that question almost every day, my kind of stock answer is, is it distracting or taking away from other things in the child's life? You know, if your child can balance gaming and getting good grades and having a good social life outside of electronics and you know working a part-time job maybe or being on a sports team then i i don't really have much to say mm -hmm. but if your child's on youtube or gaming you know 16 hours a day uh not eating well not sleeping well you know fault dropping out of school dropping grades those kind of things then i think we'd all agree you got a problem yeah because there seems to be i think especially for kids maybe a bit of a fine line between a, a passion and addiction or a problem and you know i'm thinking of like a, a tiger woods growing up i mean he must have been playing golf i'm sure eight ten maybe even 12 hours a, a day to get as good as he did at that sport and uh, again uh, you know is this uh, just a passion or is it something else is it an addiction uh, when we're talking about a video game for some kids if uh, they're that committed to it yeah, I think it's kind of both. It, it kind of depends. You know, I, I I never preach to our campers that I'm telling you never to play a game again or never to be on social media again. I just uh, preach kind of uh, healthy self-regulation and understanding that you're part of a family group and a community group and a school group, and it doesn't have to all be online. Yeah. When or what makes a, a video game uh, addictive, uh, Michael? Uh, we were just talking to a few callers uh, before we uh, invited you onto the program, onto the air here, and uh, th they were saying, like, all addictions, if it's an escape from a reality, then perhaps uh, it's a problem. Is, is that what uh, your experience tells you about video games? Well, escaping reality is certainly one of it. There's a whole shopping list of reasons why uh, kids and adults, for that matter, go into social media and gaming and things like that. But what we're really finding is um, the games in terms of what uh, uh, the Prince mentioned is uh, they, they are somewhat designed to be 
very, very stimulating or addictive, if you want to use that word. Um, you know, nobody really got addicted to Pac-Man when I was a kid. But those kind of games weren't designed with opportunities to buy things in between your uh, playtime and uh, ticking clock that if you don't buy it and all your friends do buy it, then uh, what does that say about you? And you better go grab mom's credit card, whether she knows or not, and get that thing. Uh, th- there are certainly things that raise the dopamine and raise the cortisol levels in kids. Uh, in today's gaming that we never saw 20 years ago. First of all, can I just say as a child of the 80s, I don't know, I lost a, a lot of my allowance to Pac-Man. Uh, but <laughs> having said that, uh, so you think the prince is on to something here when he says that they are created to addict, that uh, you know these developers, these uh, gamers, uh, game designers, uh, they're actually doing this with intent? Um, yes, and I would not go as far as to say they're doing it with the intent to harm, but they are doing it with the intent of being as successful as they can in the world of gaming. Um, Gaming companies very typically recruit people with uh, behavioral science or psychology education backgrounds, not licensed psychologists. I want to make a clear line of distinction on that one. But um, usually they would, uh, in the past, they would recruit graphic artists and storytellers. And now they're recruiting people who understand brain chemistry and decide exactly how to make the game that much more intense, exciting, disappointing if you lose, and reasons to start again or play more and be on it all the time. Well, you know, we had a a former uh, game designer uh, call in just a second ago saying uh, his experience was that uh, they don't make video games that you want to put down. What they want to do is make video games that you can't put down, that you want to return to and play again and again. And I think we kind of get that from a business standpoint. But do you think that uh, if once they start uh, dabbling in sort of some of this brain research, as you mentioned, uh, Michael, do we need to somehow, I don't know, place limits or regulations on gamers and game designers and what's happening here? Well, truly, I don't know where the answer to that is going to go. I mean, Prince Harry certainly has an interesting take on it. Um, I'm, I'm always a little reluctant to suggest that some entity can create a, a barrier that a parent can't. It, to me, it really starts with um, the home. We do a, a family workshop weekend at the end of our camp program uh, because I have parents that will say, can you fix my kid? And I'll say, yeah, I can fix your kid, but I'm going to give him back to you when we're done. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be involved? I need the whole family to, to chime in. And in terms of making the games more addictive, you know, should there be uh, limits, you know, gaming companies will tell you, well, we've done all we can because we put parental controls and we say you can't be playing this game unless you're over 13 or whatever that happens to be. But um, it's also very easy to get around those barriers. And very often I deal with parents who allow their children to get around those barriers because it's easier to just do that, activate the game, let them play, and then it's nice and quiet in the household. And that's what, sadly, a lot of parents, including myself, have wanted. You know, yes. we've got a house full of kids. Quiet is really nice. Yeah. Uh, just finally, Michael, I'd be remiss before I let you go. I'm sure there's lots of parents listening to this right now and are maybe thinking uh, twice about their, their kids and their use of uh, video games. Is there one piece of advice you can give them? Is it kind of limit the amount of time uh, they spend uh, in front of the screen and on video games? Or is there one sort of, I don't know, warning sign they should be looking for? Uh, Well, behavior is the number one warning sign. You know, so many parents tell me our our children have changed since they started playing these games. Well, that's a huge warning sign. Um, Typically, we tell parents no tech in the bedrooms, no tech or screens two hours before bedtime because the light inhibits melatonin. 
and to unplug those earphones. Listen to what your kids are listening to. Yes, you'll hear the gunfire and the bomb explosions, but you'll also hear the commentary, the bad language, and everything else. Be active, be knowledgeable, and be engaged in what your kids are doing online. All right, good stuff. Uh, Michael Jacobus with us this afternoon. Michael, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. My pleasure, sir. There goes a Michael Jacobus, executive director of Reset Summer Camp, as you heard there, a summer camp that uh, helps uh, parents who are struggling with uh, their kids who are maybe playing a little too much video game.